Carrie Vandenberg is a California native who grew up in a musical family studying piano and violin from an early age. Although she loved to sing and grew up singing in choirs, she never thought it was something she would pursue until her high school choir teacher gave her a solo. Following her graduation from high school, Carrie studied with Dr. Genevieve Kibble at Pacific Union College for two years before traveling to Andrews University to study under the tutelage of Mr. Steven Zork. Carrie completed her Bachelor of Music degree in vocal performance in 2000 and obtained her Music of Master degree in vocal performance in 2002, both from Andrews University. Ms. Vandenberg was also the winner in a Young Artist competition in 2000 and 2001. She taught at Bridgman High School as the choir director for six years and at Lake Michigan College for 10 years where she taught oral comprehension, music theory, and voice lessons. Carrie Vandenberg is serving her 10th year as the choir director at Berrien Springs Middle School and High School where she teaches seven ensembles. Her choirs continually receive superior ratings at the district and state levels and they have traveled and performed in New York, Washington DC, and Walt Disney World. She was selected as the MSEMA Honors Choir Director for the 7th, 8th, 9th grade SSA Choir for January 2019. She currently is the Choir Director at the Harvard Community Church as well. She's part of the three divas of Southwest Michigan group that uses uh, their background in opera, music, theater, and jazz to entertain the Southwest Michigan area. Carrie's Select Travel Ensemble has performed for both the 2019 Michigan ACDA Conference in, at Western Michigan University and at the 2020 Michigan Music Conference in Grand Rapids. Carrie lives in St. Joseph with her amazing and supporting husband, David Vandenberg, her two boys, Jacob and Joshua, and their dog, Marlowe. She also loves and enjoys the beauty of Lake Michigan, where she enjoys sailing, kayaking, and paddling. Please welcome Carrie Vandenberg of St. Joseph, Michigan. Hi, Carrie. How are you today? I am good. How are you? I'm good. So my first question for you is, how are you handling the pandemic? Um... Well, I think I'm doing better now. It was really hard for me at the beginning. In fact, I was pretty depressed. I went to the doctor. She wanted to prescribe and stuff. I said, no, let me try it doing that naturally. So I started eating better, sleeping better, exercising. And I'm doing a lot better now. But it was definitely hard. And I still stress about, like, the future and, like, building up my program again. But it'll all be okay in the end. It'll be fine. Have you been face-to-face -face or have you been virtual for, for this year? We have been face-to-face -face with a couple of times where we had to shut down because we had too many people out or because the state shut us down. What do you teach this year? This year, well, this year I still, I have my three high school choirs, concert choir, women's chorus, and bel canto, but I am not teaching any middle school choirs this year and because we are in cohorts so they got rid of band and choir this year and we are teaching all of the middle school students every seven weeks they change again but we are teaching them the history of rock and roll okay so when you say that all there's no band and choir for all middle school students so no band no choir nothing. ensembles nothing absolutely nothing they have a whole year of a hiatus from ensemble work even a little more than that the last time we performed was in february 
of last year at Choir Festival. Okay. Yeah. So it's been a while. It's been a long while. <laughs> Let's say it was a normal year. What would you normally teach? Along with those high school choirs, I would have three middle school choirs, sixth grade, 7th grade, and 8th grade. And then I would also have two after-school choirs, which I would have men's ensemble. And I do an after-school choir for students who can't take choir and fit it into their schedule in the high school. So they do it just for the love of singing and not necessarily for a class credit? Yes, definitely. What for you, other than obviously not having any junior high choir students or middle school choir students, What are the big differences between this year and the past few years? Let's start with socially. Well, I think that, first of all, because we aren't allowed to do any, like, activities outside of our classroom, so the kids aren't getting to experience those different experiences outside where we go to festival, we have different field trips, and I feel like those are the times that they get to really joy and get to know each other as well even swamp you know that's time they get to sing together and meet new people um, but also get to grow with their classmates and have fun doing things outside of the classroom so none of that is happening and that has really I think affected how much fun they are having this year also because it's hard to do like group act I mean we can do group activities but you can't do anything that is physical mm-hmm. <laughs> we're limited to things that we can do and there are a lot of online things and I think that's not getting them eager to communicate with each other and then the whole mass thing they don't communicate with each other they just look at each other and you can't tell what's on their expressions and what they're feeling Everybody just looks bored half of the time. Going back to online teaching, what have you noticed about the students doing their work online or virtually? Have you been giving any lessons that require online work? I did the first semester, and then I kind of took a survey of my classes, and the students said, we are tired of doing stuff on our Chromebooks. We want to do more stuff that is books and so we've started to do even more singing but we're limited because I have hour and a half classes and we get to sing 30 to 40 minutes of that and right now we're just doing some group activities we're making music videos and they're planning all of it so they have that part and then we were also watching more choirs online and filling out just a little form and kind of judging ourselves like we were going to a choir festival and they were the judges we did, did you some find of- that to be productive actually the students actually in- enjoyed that quite a bit but I felt like I could only do that once a week and not mm. every day or every twice a week or even it just it needed to be like a once a week thing do you feel tired of music theory let me tell you yeah uh, well I was gonna say do you feel like they're burned out from being online Yes, completely. And they even told me, I said, all their other classes, even though we're in person, everything is online and they're just tired of being on their Chromebooks. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely noticed that as well. As far as wearing the masks, how do you handle that within your classroom? Are you going outside? How long are you singing in your classroom? What kind of space do you have? Because there are so many changes this year, I lost half of my high school program this year. What were your numbers last year? 280, but that's including 280, 290. That's including middle school. And this year I have 71 total. That's a it's huge a, difference. 
I don't have him any in my class. That's what, what my point was. So we are able to spread out six feet in my classroom, except in one class where I have 30, and they're pretty far out, um, spread out. But we sing for 30 minutes in here. And if the band room is open, because I'm in the middle school, and there's no middle school band happening. Right. So 30 minutes in the band room and then 30 minutes in, in my classroom. Otherwise, we are coming up with creative ideas. Sometimes we'll play games. But right now we have a focus because we're doing a spring concert-ish. Did you do choral festival? We did do choral festival, and that gave us just a goal. And I felt like we needed a goal. That's why we did it. Did you? Um, and you wore masks when you performed? Yes, we wore masks, and we were able to go over to the Howard and actually record it. So that was good that we were able to do that. But difference was they seemed so scared. It was like their first performance, but with no audience. Yeah. Even they just got really timid and did not sing out. And it was their first time in a space in a nice space as well performing this year. So it was hard, I think, for them to also hear each other and listen to each other. Right. And they were also really self-conscious. It was quite interesting, actually. Have you noticed <laughs> that with any of your rehearsals, too? They said they wanted to sing, but when it comes down to it, it's really, they don't want to sing that much because of the masks. I think they get tired, and it gets hot singing for long periods of time. And I purchased all of them singing masks, and they get really hot because they're really thick. So where did you purchase these singing masks? There is a local lady that my husband actually used to work with, and she makes these beautiful scarves. But because of the pandemic, she saw a need for making masks. And so she started making masks, and then she reached out to some musicians and found out that we needed masks for singing and needed more space in our masks to be able to open our mouths. She made a template, and we worked with it, messed around with it, and they go all the way up to your like your ears, okay, and, or under your chin, mm -hmm. and then they have a plastic piece at the top, and they're really thick, and so they get really hot. Oh yeah, we haven't had any problems in our choir classroom, and we're still singing. So, and I know that other people just sing with other stuff, and that's fine. We just chose to do that, and I also know that each student has one, so. Right, so they don't have an, a reason. How do they handle having their masks? I've had a couple lose them. <laughs> but for the most part, they have been pretty responsible with them. That's good. So. so we talked about the change socially for this year. What about musically? How have things changed a little bit, maybe with their singing or how they're hearing each other, listening to each other, those skills that are really valuable for choir? Have you noticed that? They're working a little harder in some ways and not working as hard in others. What have you noticed as a choir? How has it changed? Well, I think, first of all, because we're so spread out and the students aren't used to being so spread out, they've had to learn to become more independent singers. And for some, it's been okay. But for the majority, I'd say that this has been really hard for them. And they can't depend on other people to get their notes as much. Right. Uh, they've been really, I think, more self-conscious. I think they've gotten better at it now that we're near the end of the school year. But it was really hard at the beginning of the school year to even get a good sound um, and to work on things like breath because we're in a pandemic. Yeah. And there's the whole breathing thing, you know. I think that it's been emotionally hard for them to get over the fact that it also doesn't sound like it did last year. Right. 
and it's hard for, I'm like more and more and more, but I think they're giving me as much, but the masks prevent them from doing that. And I can't understand them as well. I've had the same things with, with my ensembles where it's, it's, they're either self-conscious about being, yeah. you know, not being next to their, their sections or, you know, they're giving me everything, but may, I, their masks might be hindering the sound that I'm receiving. And, and I lost a lot of my leadership mm. this year because a lot of those students chose to do online or their parents just weren't comfortable with them being in choir this year. I see. And a lot of my leadership is not here. And that's been a big struggle, I think, this year as well. And those kids are used to having that leadership, but they just don't have it. And also, I lost a really big, big senior class this last year. Oh, wow. So I think that everything just was in a change. And then you add the pandemic to it, and it just made things even harder. <laughs> How many seniors did you lose last year? 25. Holy cow. It was a strong class. It was one of my classes that in middle school went to ACDA. So it was a really good class. kind of schedule do you have for the week? Oh, my schedule changes weekly. <laughs> so we are on block scheduling at the middle school and at the high school. Mondays and Wednesdays are always the same for my high school classes. And Tuesday and Thursday are always the same for my high school classes. But Friday will alternate between the Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, Friday schedule. Then in middle school, we have block scheduling as well. So one day I'll have just sixth grade and the other days I'll have seventh and eighth grade. And those alternate every other day. It just changes every week. I have to actually physically write it down to remember what classes I have and when. <laughs> how, how do you make sure that they don't overlap? Well, it is like within my schedule of the high school they didn't schedule the middle school classes when I would have those high school classes. Okay. So like some days on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I have a really big block of planning time. And then the next week I won't have that big block because I'll have middle school classes and my high school classes. Oh, so I see. It's just, it's kind of random, but one does overlap. So sometimes I miss some of my seventh grade class, but the band teacher and I are doing those classes together because I have my high school class I get to that class late yeah I would write I would yeah I would be writing post-it notes down for like every day yeah I can't keep any of it straight <laughs> <laughs> um, have you noticed any other changes with your students other than musically and socially um I feel like they're a lot less motivated I'll give you an example like bel canto last year we had now bel canto is your my select group. Your select, uh, select travel group? Yes. And last year we did ACDA and then we also did MMC. This year it's a totally different group. They aren't motivated to work hard. They just kind of want to just chill and they don't really care about accomplishing things like they did last year. I know we had goals, but I think that's been an issue too, is not having those goals to work towards and having those concerts. Yeah. And so they're like, well, what does it matter anyway? Which is why I did festival, because I felt like they needed a goal just to Do you feel like that was, was helpful? Do you feel like they actually all working toward a goal? 
Yes, because I see a little more progress now, especially working towards our spring concert and giving it the spring concert to them. I didn't choose any of the music. I chose one song. I said I needed one song. So I chose, wait, I lied. I chose two songs. I chose for <laughs> Bel Canto. And then I chose the ending song that all the choirs are going to sing together. But the rest of it, the kids chose all of their songs. They are planning all the videos and all the dances and all of it. And I'm just overseeing that it all happens like are they being productive in rehearsal yes and no <laughs> sometimes they are and sometimes they're not um when we left before spring break I was like this is never gonna happen and then yesterday all of a sudden they could sing dough over and over again and but they couldn't do that before we left break nice I don't all of a sudden they can sing do me so that's fantastic yeah but I don't know what happened <laughs> Maybe just Maybe. some just some time away. <laughs> Since you're not teaching choir with your middle school students, what are you teaching? You said you were doing the history of rock. Yes, we are doing the history of rock and roll. Um, and every seven weeks we get new students. Okay. And we see them for an hour and a half. So we just go through the history of rock and roll, do some projects with them. We also incorporated boom whackers, just some fun and some music making, which is easy for people who also aren't maybe into choir or band but giving them some opportunity to make some music we've been doing some body percussion as well and some movement but that's been hard to get them interested to want to move (laughs) I'm sure they don't do a lot of it in their classroom no so just getting them a little bit out of their comfort zone has been a little hard how are you going to recruit for next year I am in I'm talking, first of all, with the elementary teacher, and she is, she's a new teacher we have, and she's been super helpful, and we've been, I've been sending her videos of the choirs, and she's been sharing those with the fifth graders, because we can't go over there and perform for them this year. Uh, I'm planning on writing a letter to the fifth graders and encouraging them to join band and choir, or to do both, because they can do both at our school, Um, so... I just think reaching out to them. The middle school, we just talk about some of the things that we do in choir and band while we're teaching the history of rock and roll. Like, for example, when I teach soul, we talk about the Apollo Theater when we are in the Jackson 5 being discovered there. So I show them pictures of the choir on tour of there. So I just incorporate little things like that into our teaching to encourage the kids to sign up for choir or band. Cool. What's one of your best takeaways from this year? Like, what's something that you might continue doing after this year if, let's say, everything goes back to to what we know as normal? One of the things that I have done when we are learning a new song, I always have meant to do this, but because there was always the schedule that we had to be on and we were learning music quickly for the next concert or the next festival, Um, But I have been posting, we use Schoology, I've Mm -hmm. been posting questions in Schoology about the different songs, and they have to do a little research and answer questions about them. And some of the questions are super simple, and I've been amazed at some of the things the kids just don't know how to even look at, which I thought I had taught to them, but apparently I didn't. (laughs) So, like, what's an example if you're okay with that? composer of the pieces or where do you find that or who wrote the words and where do you find that um so simple things like that I've been asking them or 
is this accompanied or is it unaccompanied? Simple things like that, that they don't even realize that I've been taking them for granted, I guess. I remember really focusing on that maybe like a few years ago. I don't, maybe it's even been more than that. And now I, I definitely know I haven't done that in the last five or six years. And it's, yeah. it is probably something that has since then faded out because I don't have those yeah. students anymore. But I've also like asked them harder questions or I have them read an article about the meaning of the song and then they have to answer questions about that. Like for festival, we did some spirituals and so they had to answer some questions based on the articles that I had them read. And I think that it just helps them connect with the song more Mm -hmm. and then they're understanding it better. So I want to incorporate that more because I think that it's been helpful. I think sometimes I think it's busy work, but I've realized that it's not busy work. It's something that I just need to really know. Yeah. And to be able to answer simple questions and to not me spoon feed. Oh, this is what it means. If you don't know what a word means, you can look it up. (laughs) Right. They have this thing called Google. Yeah. Not hard to use. I even made Belcanto translate their whole song word for word instead of just like in the translation. They had to do the whole like Google translate. Nice. Yes. That was really helpful and I think good for them as well. And then they had to write in the word for word translation in their music. Have you ever done that before? No, usually I spoon feed it to them. <laughs> <laughs> that I think is something I definitely want to incorporate. Also, I think with the spring program, having them be more involved like they are this year and having them make these decisions. And I usually let them, but I always do a lot of the choreography or choose the music or I limit to what the songs are that they can choose from. Mm-hmm. But just having them plan more of it out, I think, has been really good. Do you have like one student who's kind of managing it or is it just a yeah. collaborative? So I put them in groups because we're only doing two songs because that's all the time we have to make these music videos. So I put them in two groups and when they got in those two groups, then they had to select their assistant director And that assistant director then has to oversee and make sure everybody is participating. So they then assigned like somebody's in charge of choreography or somebody is in charge of props. Everybody has their own job. And I think it's been good for them. So they not only design the program, but they're also designing their own leadership. Yes, exactly. Now, tell us a little bit about your spring concert setup because it's a little different this year you guys have a really unique circumstance we have this new football field that has this beautiful big screen on it so we are going to make music videos of our songs so we're going to record our songs in our classroom with our masks on and then we're going to do the choreography and the little videos outside spread out their masks off and like kind of lip sync to them okay or do acting parts to them and then when we aren't filming masks will be back on and then we're gonna put the two together and then we're gonna have a night where we show these videos up on the big screen we are doing one song that's combined and i'm just gonna video of them singing this song in the gym with their masks on that evening at the performance while the recording is playing they are going to line up and they are going to be learning sign language to the song and doing the sign language with the performance cool had to do something creative and i had to think outside the box but we'll see if it works i'm really stressed about it right now 
Do you have like a tech team to help you? How is this like all happening? Yeah, we have a videographer for our school. So he is doing two of my classes and then we have a tech class and they are going to be doing one of the classes because it corresponds with their class at the same time. And so they're going to video those classes and put it together. In fact, because whole high school, except the seniors are testing today, I told all my seniors to go out and start video recording. So that's what they're supposed to do today. Oh, wow. (laughs) So the seniors have a senior song? They don't have a senior song. They wanted to have some parts in the video where they're just like playing and having fun, maybe just like skateboarding or playing volleyball at the beach. And so I was like, well, those would be good shots to go do on your day off. Do you know if you're doing anything for graduation or what's your graduation look like this year? Our graduation is going to be exactly the same as it was last year. It will be at the fairgrounds and they are going to be in cars parked. And I don't think we are involved in it this year again going to be like it was last year and we weren't involved with it last year well i have some quick fire questions for you this is just something you know just kind of think off top of your head answers for this and they might not be what you would think of if you took all the time in the world but just whatever (laughs) comes to mind well first of all how long have you been teaching this is my 21st year teaching but this is my 11th year at Berrien springs as a professional teacher What's your favorite pro tip? Mm. Oh, wow. I think having my students conduct with me as they're learning the songs, I think that is so beneficial. I have them conduct the cutoffs with me. I have them conduct the phrasing with me. And I think it makes everything happen so much faster and cleaner when they do this with me. What's the best advice you were given as a teacher? I'm going to say from our wonderful Dr. Elsie Schultz-Barrett. Always kiss, Carrie. Keep it simple, stupid. (laughs) Okay, so what's the worst advice you were given as a teacher? Hmm, wow. I think when I was doing, like, my student teaching or taking all those education classes, they were like, don't eat in the teacher's lounge because that's where you, like, learn. Everybody talks bad about all the students, and you need to form your own opinions. But I love the break and just talking with adults. (laughs) Exactly. Same here. Having different conversations other than just what I talk about every day. What's the first thing you will do when the pandemic is officially over? Hug my students. (laughs) Each and every one. Name one person who you admire and why. I'd say my dad. He's always pretty positive about life. and He gives really good advice. Anytime I need advice, I always call him. And he also reminds me that sometimes you just need to eat a little ice cream. Absolutely. (laughs) He taught me that after every performance. It was an ice cream time. Or when I was feeling bad, it was ice cream time. (laughs) I think it's ice cream time right now. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Men chocolate chip right now. Right. Do you have a favorite quote to tell your students? (laughs) Um, I always say this. Put the right emphasis on the right syllable. Nice. <laughs> Name a favorite choir piece to conduct. Oh my goodness, Becky. This is a song that I conducted last year, and I just loved it. And I would cry every time, and the students and I would cry every time. Um, Kim Arneson's Even When He Is Silent. Mm. Name a favorite choir piece to listen to. Oh, wow. Can I give you choir Pieces. Group? Yes. Or choir group, ensemble, yes. Okay. 
Well, first of all, my favorite choir piece, and there's so many different arrangements, and I pretty much love them all, but this song has meant a lot to me in my life and has helped me get through some things that I've gone through my life, and that song is How Can I Keep From Singing. It's a special song to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really, really love listening to the Stellenbosch University. You just know they love to sing when you watch them. It comes across on their faces every time. And then also Oakwood University is like my favorite choir right now. I think they are just the experts of phrasing everything. Mm-hmm. Just feel the music deep down inside you. So I would say that. <laughs> awesome. Name a favorite song. Doesn't have to be choral. Name a favorite song to rock out to. To rock out to. Ooh. A favorite song. Ugh. One that you could put on and you're like, okay, I'm going to do something awesome. Well, anything 80s, because I love 80s music. But I would say maybe like Whitney Houston's I Want to Dance with Somebody, any ABBA, Michael Jackson, Boys to Men. I love Boys <laughs> to Men. And any soul music of the 60s, I love too. Okay, that sounds okay. fantastic. Now, not one song sorry that's okay but that works I'll, I'll take I'll take all of that this is not part of the the quick fire you finished your quick fire I just have one so is there anything you do special for your seniors now that we're kind of getting to the end of the year in the program um, I always have a senior dedication page in the program and so I have a picture of them and they have to answer two questions and I put those these in the program one of the questions is name your favorite arts memory mm. throughout the years and then what are your plans for next year that's in the program um, and it's like a keepsake for them then I also always call them up during the program and do awards which I will be doing again at this spring concert that we're doing and I also give them each a flower and their awards as a senior as well because some of them have been in choir for four years Mm -hmm. Uh, in fact all my seniors this year have been in choir for four years wow and I want to even say that most of them have been in choir with me since sixth grade that's crazy that's pretty cool but I only have seven of them this year because so many of them are online this year and then I got something from my good friend Becky last year. <laughs> and so I am putting a music video of like different pictures throughout the years that they ha- I have of them performing or just at different activities. And then I will record a song on top of it for them. So Cool. But I learned that from you, Becky. Well, whatever. It's, fun. it's <laughs> one of my favorite things. Though I think it's going to be really strange because usually my students steal my phone in the middle of class and they take uh, lots of selfies. And that's not happening this year. It's not happening this year. So it'll be interesting to see what I have of my seniors this year. I luckily have a lot of pictures of them when they're young. So I think that'll fill a lot of that yeah. space. That's the other thing that I do too. I put all of our festival recordings that they have performed with since sixth grade and I give that one other question to kind of be able to put into this podcast a little bit a little bit earlier you had mentioned the swamp what is swamp it is southwestern Michigan vocal festival at 
Western Michigan University, and it is where schools in this area, from all over this area, and we usually have a choir of like 500 to 1,000 sometimes, and we all get to sing together these songs that we have practiced with our groups at home, and then we come together and we have a awesome conductor um usually somebody really well known and who is amazing and they get to work with that person for the day and then we have a concert at, in the evening and the kids just love it they love to get to perform with all these other choirs and the sound is just amazing it's not perfect but it's yeah. absolutely that's what i love about it and all these voices just raising their voices together it's I don't, every time it brings joy to my heart and tears to my eyes because it's just amazing. Then they also get to spend some time at the mall during this day and just hanging out during lunch. They just love that they get to spend time together with each other. I agree. And with the same idea about music making. Right. I agree. I think it is truly one of my students, I think it is like the number one thing my students remember from choir. Yep. If I was to talk to them, you know, the... The ones I had 10, 12 years ago, what do you remember most? And I bet you, I bet most of them would say the Southwestern Michigan Folklore Festival. Most definitely. I think that's like the number one memory when I do the favorite arts memory and my senior thing. That's the number one. Well, thank you so much for talking with me. Yeah. I really appreciate you giving kind of some insight so that other directors, if they want to listen, can use this during their professional development time, maybe get inspired and think, oh, yeah, that's a really good idea. Or, oh, absolutely, I feel the same way. I know I get inspired listening to other podcasts, so I thought I would share love. Well, thank you very much, Carrie, and I will talk to you later and have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye. Hi, everyone. I'm so glad you were able to listen to this podcast with Carrie Vandenberg from Berrien Springs Middle School High School. She's a choir director and also a fantastic performer. She and I have been performing together with the Three Divas for almost 10 years now, and we just have amazing conversations. I also knew that as a good friend, she'd be a little bit more forgiving about all of my interview skills, primary interview skills at this point, and hoping to get a little better as we move forward. One thing I wanted to let you know about Barry and Springs, it's a really unique part of Michigan. There's a university there called Andrews University, which is mainly a Seventh-day Adventist university, and they have people enrolled from all over the world. People enroll at school, they usually bring their families and the students either attend Andrews Academy, which is a small private school within the university compound, or they attend the public school, which is Berrien Springs Middle School High School. And it offers a lot of different perspectives about music and culture that I think is really unique for schools, especially in the Western Michigan area. Why start this podcast? Well, 
I had a lot of friends in the choral world who were looking for help or answers or guidance or just someone to listen to and talk to about what's going on in our world, especially right now with this pandemic. It's hard to get together because of the, our situations and our time. So I thought, you know what, it would be really wonderful to be able to interview p different people, see what's going on in their districts, see what's going on with their ideas about planning for this year, what they've changed, what they want to keep, what's you know different, and maybe pass it on to other people so that they can be inspired and maybe come up with ideas. I chose the title Creative Attitudes because I felt that it was important for us to not lose the spark that made us want to become educators in the performing art. Labeling it creative seemed to make the most sense. Now attitude was something a little bit different and maybe not necessarily what people expect. I remember the first time I heard of attitude in a different perspective. I thought that when you were performing, you wanted to give your best attitude and your best effort to everything. And one time when I was in an ensemble, they gave awards and there was a student in the ensemble who was particularly testy and he w received the best attitude award. It wasn't necessarily the best positive attitude, but he received that award and took it in grace. Definitely made me change my perspective of what attitude was about. It wasn't always about giving your best positive or your most negative attitude. It's about being human and making mistakes and giving energy to something and have it move within your world. I am taken back to ballet because attitude is also a classical ballet position. One of the most beautiful ballet positions where there is a leg in the air that is bent at about a 90 degree angle and it's turned out which means it's turned away from the body and the knee is higher than the foot and usually on point. The energy in that position just makes me think of how much we need to have energy in our actions, especially a positive attitude that we send out to the world, send out to our ensembles, send out to our students. But I felt as for the title of this podcast, we have an attitude of not failing and not letting each other down. So it is titled Creative Attitudes so that we can inspire each other to keep moving forward and to keep positivity in our lives. Thank you for listening. My name is Becky Selvage. The song used in this podcast is Revenge, produced by Makai Beats. And I hope you come back to listen to episode two.